Hello, and welcome to the Death Positive Podcast, where we talk all things death positivity in regards to your furry little family members. I'm Amber Carverly, creator of Mortician in the Kitchen, and I am, of course, joined by my lovely co-host, Melissa Meadow from The Modern Mortician. We are super excited today to be joined by Brian from Paws and Claws Aquamation, who will be telling us all about the newish form of disposition known as alkaline hydrolysis, or maybe better known as water cremation. Brian, would you like to go ahead and say hello again to all of our listeners and uh, introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and your business. Okay, my name is uh, Brian Kondrath. Um, Our business is Paws and Claws Aquamation, and we're in Orange, California. You can find us at uh, pawsaquamation.com, and we offer alkaline hydrolysis uh, for pet owners and pet parents. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Can you describe or can you kind of walk us through what alkaline hydrolysis is? Like, and I wonder if like when people call, like if they ask you what that is, or if a lot of people that like, if they ask you, is it fire cremation or what's the difference between that and fire cremation? Yeah. They, most of the time they, they, they say, I've never heard of this aquamation. What is that? And I try to keep it simple. So I don't overwhelm people. You know, it's an emotional time. Usually when they, by the time they call me, and I just have, it's, it's basically water cremation. So instead of using fire to reduce all the tissue and leave the, the bones, the ashes, and a lot of people are surprised at that. Um, I just say that we use al- alkaline water basically to break it slowly, break mm-hmm. down the tissue and it leaves the bone ash of your pet. So you can have the ashes back and kind of always end it saying it basically, you know, does the same thing as fire, just a little a gentler, uh, you know, method of doing it. You get a little bit more of your pet's ashes back because I don't have to, you know, move your pet during the process, as you guys know, or break up your pet during the process. So your pet just lays gently during it, you know, during the whole process. And then Mm -hmm. a lot of times I have to explain that it's a longer process. I mean, it's a 20 hour process. Um, and that, yeah, that, and people, well, I'm bringing you, uh, you know, my hamster (laughs) 20 hours. Yeah. And then I have to kind of explain, you know, that, that, you know, in, in the aquamation machine are several pets, but they're in their own private containers. And so there's no co-mingling mm-hmm. or anything of that, like that. They do share water. Uh, mm-hmm. So whether I have, you know, a, a 200 pound dog or, you know, a, a couple ounce, uh, you know, um, dwarf hamster, they're in there the same amount of time. So performed a lot of flame cremation cremations on the people side. So. Oh, okay. Were you a crematory operator? I was. I'm, um, oh. I don't know if you wanted to go that way, but um, I'm a licensed embalmer, licensed funeral director, licensed crematory manager, and licensed cemetery manager. So I've done a little bit of everything in the funeral industry. So um, yeah, performed a lot of cremations. And so. Melissa, did you want to ask something? I saw the yeah. So since you had brought up the dwarf hamsters, um, I had the opportunity to work or volunteer to work with a place in Austin, Texas area um, when they had water cremation for pets there uh, back when I lived over there. Um, and this was many years ago. And um, we were taught what was called a pan method for taking care of like birds I know since then it has evolved possibly and you're using pantyhose now. Can you be 
Can you kind of give me a little more transparency into that with yeah. the small animals? On small animals, I still use the aquamation machine, but I do use, uh, you know, a vessel to hold their body, like an organza bag, um, muslin bags or whatever they're called. I've heard about the pantyhose. I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> I, I think I'm a little weary, you know. And, and I like yours better. <laughs> yeah, I've had success with mine, so I don't, you know, I, I'm... I. Just kind of do it what I've been successful with. So, but the pantyhose one I have heard of. So, and um, you know, I mean, we we've, we've even done small pets, goldfish, uh, betta fish. Oh. You know, um, those are more done with a hand method. So, you know, you can even get ashes back. Um, if anyone wants to go to our Instagram page, uh, I think uh, we posted um, some ashes that I got from a betta fish just to show yeah. how gentle it is. Oh. So. Mm-hmm. That's so. But sweet. yeah, we do birds and and um, we've done a little bit of everything, you know, goats. <laughs> you know, I, I never know what's coming in the doors. <laughs> For real. What is uh? What's like the? I, I don't want to say like the strangest animal, but like what was the most unexpected? Do you have like an unexpected That's animal, like something that um, someone? You know the the first time I got a chicken, it kind of surprised me, I, I, and I. I know that's kind of weird. It was this guy called about a pet and, and he was very broken up. And, you know, I kind of assumed that it was a dog or a cat. And then after we were talking, he goes, well, it's my pet chicken. And I was kind of surprised because, I mean, I've never had a pet chicken and, you know, not very many people do. I know people that have had them, you know, in their backyard and they use them for eggs and stuff like that. But they never really looked at him as like, you know, your dog or your cat or, you know, your bearded dragon or something like that, that you keep inside the house and you have this bond. But apparently you have the bond, but I mean, you know, a different way like that, yeah. you know, so. So that was kind of surprising. Yeah. People bring in and, and you know, I've had some, uh, you know, uh, ferrets that always kind of surprised me at first because you don't, you know, see ferrets in California like at pet shops. But they're out. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I always liked when you go to the pet store and you see like the food or like the shavings for ferrets. Yeah. They're like, we know they're yeah. there. We're, we're not selling them. But if you maybe if you happen to have one, here's the stuff you'll need. So since you're also in the human death world, you've done plenty of removals at people's homes. Have you done any pet removals or do you just have the people bring the pet to you from home or from where they passed? Well, we do, uh, we do offer transportation, you know, removal services. Um, it's funny, and, and, and you know, in, in, the, in the people side, it's, all, it's always called um, removals. But on the, mm-hmm. on the pet side, everyone refers to it as transportation. So okay. a little different verbiage, I guess. Um, but yeah, we do. And I've gone to people's homes and picked up and, and you know, different situations. Sometimes they're, you know, inside the house. Sometimes I've picked them up in the backyard and they've been sitting all day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, they're the side of the house so it's a little bit different than you know usually on uh on um when you went to a house you know they're in a bed or something like that or a hospital bed even you know and hospice and all that so pets are a little different because i never know what the situation's going to be and it's uh, most of the time it's larger pets that people have a hard time you know picking up you know like a big great game dog or something like that yeah so that's what I was going to segue into, um, was to ask your most memorable home removal of a pet, because mine was being called to that one facility in Austin because she didn't have a way to get a Great Dane out of somebody's house. It was one of the first couple months that they had been operating. So okay. that was fun. 
yeah. it was also very elegant, very beautiful <laughs> to put this great Dane on a on a cot and strap him in and go out the door. So, mm-hmm. Brian, what do you got for me? You know what? I was thinking about that. And, and I mean, um, probably 80% of the, the families that we serve bring their pets into us. So the transportation isn't a huge part of my business. And, and uh, so I don't have one that really stands out. I, I know that sounds weird, you know. Um, Nobody rolling across the back of the van or any horror stories like no, that. No. Nothing like nothing like that. The, the most interesting one I think I had was um, a guy with a pot belly pig. And it was a, it was a, like a mini pot belly pig. But this thing weighed, you know, going on 200 pounds. You know, I oh remember even joking with me. Hey, if your family ever wants to bring home a mini pot belly pig, this is what you're going to end up with, you know? And, um, and it was, you know, an immaculate house, just a beautiful house, big house. And, uh, and yeah, we, this guy had built this cart for this, um, pig because, you know, when he, sometimes the pig got sick and couldn't, had a hard time walking and he built this cart. So we had to lift this guy up on a soft cot, you know, the soft gurneys, I use those a lot. And, um, you know, and then put the, 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 the pig on a cart and then wheel him out. But that's probably the most interesting one because his pig was had this really friend was really friends with this uh, his bulldog buddy. And so, yeah, and the pig had what was uh, what surprised me was this house did not smell. It was immaculately clean like a museum. And that pig had free reign around that house, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Pigs are really smart. They're like dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, else? I wanted to. Okay, I wanted to kind of double back. I know you said that it's alkaline water, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe this is like a dumb question, but could you just elaborate, like, what is alkaline water? Isn't it? Is it lie? Am I? Yeah. Lying? No. Maybe kind of, kind of like that. Um. Um. And and you know. It's basically we use potassium hydroxide and it's about a five to seven percent solution. So it mainly is water. We use the the potassium and that's the only the only real chemical I use. The other thing is um, um, pets are have a little bit higher grease content than people. They're a little bit more greasy and oily. Not a lot of people know, know that. And. So I have to deal with that aspect. Of course, on fire, that's all burned away, you know. And uh, right. so the other the other thing I use is Dawn detergent. That's <laughs> you know, because people ask do ask me that. Families will bring in. Well, how do what do you use? What's the what's in the water? And those are basically the only two things. So and there's circulation. So there's you know the water is moving, very gentle, mm-hmm. uh, and there's heat. It, you know I run about two hundred degrees. So people ask all the time, oh, you're boiling. Well, no, it's, you know, if I was in Colorado, 200 may be boiling, but at our sea level here, uh, boiling, boiling's about 212, 215 around yeah. there. So I, uh, people do ask that, or, oh, you're boiling pets. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, it's, you know, so it's, um, they call that a low temperature. Some people think it's hot, you know, really when I tell them. But if you're looking at, then I tell them at flame cremation, I mean, those go up to 1800, you know, maybe more, you know, I mean, yeah. so in relation to flame, it's relatively low temperature, you know, and I run a low yeah. pressure machine. And so that's why it, it takes a little longer. They do have, you know, high pressure machines and higher temperature machines, 
um, that do my process faster, but they're more expensive. And from what I hear from other operators, they're a little bit more temperamental. So yeah, I mean, I feel like to me, I'm like, that all sounds fine. I don't, it doesn't seem like it needs to be any hotter or any faster or, or whatever. I mean, yeah. oh, Melissa? Yeah. In regards to the water and things like that, um, what is like a happy medium to explain it when you're discussing pets? So like for people, I use terminology and in, in like pop culture, they understand. I tell them it's somewhere between a spa day for your body and what you've seen on Breaking Bad, but way more towards the spa day, way more towards the spa day. What's yeah, the best the, description for yours? I would say the same thing, kind of a gentle bath, really. And that's kind of how I, you know, I've always kind of talked about it, you know, and just a gentle bath, that simple. I try to keep things as simple as possible, you know, and so, um, and then people are, okay, it's like a warm water bath that, you know, circulates and slowly breaks down everything, which is like, you know, firewood in the end, but we just do it slowly, a lot gentler. And so, so the liquid that's left, I in my opinion, kind of looks like urine to a degree. Um, but it's actually like I put some in a little glass vial at one point so I could look at it and it shimmered. And those were like yeah. the fats and amino acids, but it's full of like Sugar. peptides, salts. Yeah. Am I hitting all, those, all the great yeah. nutrients in it? Yeah. All of these things are like good for fertilizing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, it, it, the, my affluent is what they kind of refer to it as, or the water left over. It more has a browner kind of tone, brownish mm -hmm. green, I guess you could say. And, um, okay. and you're right on the fertilizer. Cause it's, you know, um, like you say, sugars, proteins, peptides, aminos. So it's a really good fertilizer. In fact, the state of California has issued me a fertilizer permit. So that legally I could donate it, I can nice. sell it as a as a fertilizer. And um, I haven't got there yet because I just, you know, then it's, you know, once you, I mean, I have the permit, but I haven't really got into selling it and all that. I can donate it without much trouble, but, um, you know, but if you get into selling it, then, you know, it's all that you get all this reporting and all this regulation. And so it's easier to. So that leads me to growlers of grandma is what I like to call it in the human side. I'm waiting for them. There is a place in Colorado that's offering uh, plaskets, which is plastic five gallon thingies of the essence or effluent for humans. Um, so I was thinking growlers of your pet. So if you're not doing a communal, if they're paying for an individual, yeah. would you be able to get them like a growler yeah, of this effluent? Yeah, to yeah take sometimes home? if they, you know, um, I don't really have like any type of of, um, you know, vessel or whatever you want to call it, like a growler that I have that I, I give people. Sometimes I just give it to them. Like they'll say, Hey, can you catch, you know, some, and then I tell them, okay, I need you to go to home Depot, buy a little bucket with a lid, you know, a little one, two gallon bucket, and I'll give you a little for your yard. And, you know, that's usually fine. So, um, but that's a good idea about the growler, you know? And so, yeah, I like that, especially because I feel like people are so, I was about to say the word obsessed and I don't, like that has the wrong connotation. Like really everybody's like, oh, I want to, the, the, wanting to yeah. be a tree, wanting to, you know, the especially with the re recomposition. I still don't know what exactly is, I don't know if recomposition is Katrina Spade's That's like, her trademark brand name. name. Uh -huh. Her brand like name. Okay, yeah. Or if it's, it's but yeah, just natural organic reduction. 
is the magic natural or yeah 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 i just think that like having yeah having water from my pets like cremation would be really cool to to use do you donate all of it or does any of it? I feel like this is also like a good time to discuss. Yeah. No, I mean, it, you can donate it. You can, you know, just drain it into the, you know, basic sewer system and it's treated and, and, um, you know, so you mm-hmm. could do both with it, you know, however you want to do it, you know, however that, you know, um, with the basic sewer system, explain how this is actually because some some people might be like, what? Explain how this is actually considered beneficial for the municipalities and well, how they that's, actually that's want a, this. That's kind of a you know that's that that's a, kind of a sore subject, I guess. Oh, I guess it depends on the county. Right, right, and here's that's my thing. Um, Politics. You know, like Orange County, they may not see it as beneficial and they might say, oh, you know, this, you know, and they charge you to treat it and all that. Whereas, like, I know some other counties in California, um, they're like, yeah, release it. It's fine. It has, you know, they could, you know, they sometimes say, okay, the pH is, you know, around 11 or whatever, 10, 11, that's a little high. And then the same, and then they, they add, they add the potassium hydroxide into the sewer system for the sole purpose of raising pH. They do this, mm-hmm. counties do this every day. And then they claim our water, hey, we're already releasing what that's a little higher, wouldn't that help? Some see it as, hey, that's beneficial, some say no. And then I, I know, uh, you know an, uh, an operator that used to operate in Los Angeles said LA was fine doing it. And then they, you know, you get new people in positions in the county, mm-hmm. they, want to make a name for themselves. So they, all of a sudden it becomes not okay. So mm-hmm, yeah. these are people that have the same jobs, the same education, and they don't agree on it, you know? So it's just kind of, you know, luck yeah. of your job, you know, wherever you're operating, you know? Is this like a lob, is this like a lobbying issue? Like something you, where yeah, you, you need could, to have people you know, like you trying could. to and, just, um, um, you know, I know it's hard thing. to, it's hard to, fight government and, you know, change the opinions. So it's, if it's going to be, it's up to us. So <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I think it's something that should be lobbied on the state level so they can study it and, you know, mm-hmm. then maybe issue something to all the counties or, or, you know, but right now they seem to be okay with allowing, you know, counties and, you know, individual water districts to kind of figure out what, how they view it, you know. So I don't know if you've heard about this, but this could be beneficial for anybody that wants to lobby for it in California. Um, The water, the affluent from human and pet, but it'll be easier to get people to accept pets for this first, is wet water, which is used to fight forest fires. Um, So that's like water with that additive. It's already in there. That affluent already has that additive in there. Yeah, and so... Affluent from pet alkaline hydrolysis could be used to fight forest fires if we would just educate people, not us individually, but everybody needs to be educated that this is another beneficial potential of this liquid. Well, gee, we certainly don't have issues with forest fires here in California. How could could this ever benefit us? about, About, you know, people, you know, look at it as like, you know, you're flushing grandma down the drain, you know. Well, there's no DNA or, or RNA, so there. I mean, you could give a, a, 
um, you know, the affluent from a human process or a pet process. And no one's going to tell you, no, no one's going to be able to tell you where, which one is which, you know? And so I think that's a big misconception. Right. And, and I know on the people side, it hasn't gotten going as strong as I'd hope, but I know, you know, like you guys, it, 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 the year was approved, COVID hit and that kind of threw the whole funeral industry into it, you know, big, uh, you know, frenzy or whatever you want to call it. So, um, Hopefully it gets going a little bit stronger yeah. on that. Yeah. So. Would you feel comfortable? And I can like, I can edit this question out if you don't want it on here. Um, but I've always, because you're in a bomber. Melissa, have you, are you in a mm -hmm. bomber? You're in a bomber? Yes. I was an, a, an apprentice and did not last very long. Not because I wasn't good at it. There was some personality issues at Forest Lawn <laughs> between me and the other ladies that work there. And that's fine. I'm happy with how things have worked out for me. Um, but the, to the, like to talk about like how we're flushing people misconstruing that we're like turning grandma into soup, flushing around the toilet. Like when you embalm, we're pushing formaldehyde through yeah. the body opening it back up and pushing all of that down the drain, which is quite literally pushing parts of grandma down the drain. And I, it kills me because I'm like, does nobody else see this? Like, is this like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not wrong. Yeah, no, that. I, I, you know, do, use do that. And if my being an embalmer, you know, really helped me when I was starting this business. In fact, I don't think I would have been able to open it, open it if I wasn't an embalmer because like I, like I told, you know, all the you know, different government agencies, when I'm embalming a body, there's formaldehyde going down, blood, you know, you know, all kinds of fluids that are just going mm -hmm. right into the sewer system. And I never, you know, we, we don't have to hold it. We don't have to do a pre, you know, treatment before it goes in or anything like that. And nobody has said a word about that for years. And this is something that I can literally spray on my front yard and on my um, tomatoes and, you know, mm -hmm. it's a ben benefit. I can't do that with what, you know, yeah. formaldehyde, you know, obviously, you know. Yeah. It's so infuriating. It's so infuriating. I have for like the last like three years, I'm like, whenever that article came out, that inflammatory article, I feel like it was here in Orange County or something like that. That was like, grandma is grandma soup. And I was like, this is absolute well, people do research bananas. before they write like, articles. Do people... you know, I, I've had, I mean, they just, you know, somebody, somebody was telling me, well, the Catholic church is kind of against it because they, from what we're just saying, um, they think, grandma's going down mm -hmm. the drain well obviously nobody from the church called anybody because they would tell you here's some water go get it tested right. it'll tell you what's in it i can give them you know a testing company here in orange county you know because i've used them to test my water you know and um so yeah i think people just it sounds creepy and you know that makes the headlines you know grandma being flushed down the drain you right. know yeah story at five you know i mean that you know <laughs> Water with no R DNA or RNA at five doesn't bring in any viewers. So, right, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't sell. That doesn't get as many clicks. Um, I mean, I certainly think that um, water that can be used to fight forest fires when we're about to run out of water could. Well, possibly and I've even be read articles really recently sell. about um, there being fertilizer uh, shortages, which could make a food shortage because of. The war in Ukraine. Apparently, there was a lot of fertilizer manufactured there. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, I got some fertilizer for you. Come and get it, you know. And um, 
So, I mean, yeah. Mm. They don't ever give us any positive, uh, you know, mm. press, I guess. So. Yeah. I mean, I hope that with the, the natural organic reduction now just be, becoming like another thing, even if it's not like taking off, it feels like it's a really positive uh, change and just how the vast sort of majority of people are starting to think about alternative ways to, to bury and take care of the dead. So mm-hmm. I do ultimately hope. Yes. <laughs> I was wondering, uh, Brian, so I went to a presentation at NFDA where a gentleman named Ed that does the fireless cremation machine is now also marketing okay. aquamation, water cremation as composting because it is emulating what happens in the ground in your tank in your 14 hours so you could start advertising we even even said that i mean uh in some of our some of Ah. our early advertisement on our website basically alkaline hydrolysis mimics mother nature if you were just to bury Mm -hmm. a pet or a human in the in the dirt you know naturally no, no casket, no vault, yeah. all that good stuff. Um, alkaline hydrolysis w- would happen naturally. It would take 20 years. So essentially, we're speeding up Mother Nature. I'm doing in 20, 20 hours what nature does in, in you know 20 years. So yeah, it's a natural process. So, so let's say that there are... Because so... I, I work at, I'm, well, I mean, I do obviously death adjacent stuff, but I actually work in a brewery right now, which has been really interesting because a lot of, lot of uh, crossovers with yeah, sort of I've just like that. working in a mortuary, yeah. just Even like the in affluent. the fermentation I've heard process. the affluent yeah, is yeah. similar yeah, to it's, Yeah. I'm a brewing company. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's fascinating. And I've thought so like in my, my year back there, I've thought so much about alkaline hydrolysis and like the similarities between brewing, but we donate all of our, um, grains and, you know, like every time I brew, if we like our IPA is 1300 pounds of grain for each batch. And we have a farmer that comes to pick that up. And I kind of just wonder he's based in, I think he's in Ontario, but I kind of just wonder if since you're like not wanting to hedge into like just selling them yet, like if that would be something that the farmers in our area would eventually be they like, oh, we'll welcome. Buy and give it a try. Up. They might like it. They might like the brewing company stuff better. Uh, okay. Well, they're just taking our grain, yeah. but I can't see how they wouldn't want like your fertile the fertilizer or any like ours goes to dairy cows. Um, but I'm sure that sure they're farming other things i just i wonder if it's just you know at least yeah. like a nice way to get it kind of going yeah and uh, you know i've, know I've even marketed right to cemeteries because it works really good on grass and um so i've even done that yeah. you know that hey just you know buy a water tank come over i'll give it to you you know you know you know get your grass all greened up you know and and no, at no charge you know because it you know, it helps me, yeah. you know, do, do they something you with it? it and, and, and not have to pay fees or anything and it helps them. And so it's kind of a win-win, but it's kind of like everyone's skeptical. They just has to take the first, the, the first person has to um, kind of take the, you know, plunge and, you know, it, it, you guys know in California, it's hard, a lot of corporates and, you know, they just, you know, you know, they, the, the, the staff yeah. seems to be on board, but then, you know, the management doesn't seem to be. So. And what's funny is the industry that seems yeah. to be um, interested more in the affluent is the cannabis industry. 
I was gonna say <laughs> they should be like they need to be talking to it Willie Nelson really right well now. Cannabis. It, it, like, the hard part on that is is cannabis likes, I guess, fertilizer snoop. at a lower pH, and so I would have to do some adjusting and stuff like that, or they would, you know. So, um, so it's a little work in in that industry, but you know. If anybody out there has a connection to any of our high rollers in green out there, give us a call. Yeah. One of us. We, this this yeah, could yeah. be a thing. I feel like this yeah. is a Snoop Dogg's. This is his. I mean, he's oh, done. Yeah. Matt, if you could get him to put that word so out, into know, it. they'd probably be, be beating my door down. Yeah, so. All right. Let's all put that intention out. I'm telling you, I think that we do live in a simulation. Just too many weird things at this point. This is uh, so let's all just think really hard and pre like just rearrange some of the ones and zeros in the simulation that we, in, we are in. And I'm just going to put it out there. We would like Snoop Dogg to contact us about taking this water for weed. So I put that intention out into the universe. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. No, I, I just I think I just read some stranger things that, have happened. Uh, Diddy or one of those guys is investing a ton of money, you know, like a hundred million dollars in, you know, a pot farm somewhere, you know, and if it's in California, you know, hey, we'll help him out. So, yeah. 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 That's the smart thing to do. Uh, let's see. What are, so we haven't talked yet about another one. Oh, what? Oh, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to talk about our pet. Pets aftercare yeah. being your choice, for example, you don't have to use the vet hospital. But what was your question? Um, I'm going to ask, I'm going to say that I found it shocking about the, what are those things in the neck? Microchips. Mm. And see what, what you found in a body. So which question do you want to do first? What do you want to do, Amber? Oh, uh, well, let's <laughs> just ask the question and it just say, <laughs> just go... <laughs> I'll edit right here. Just say, oh, okay. what's the most interesting thing you well, found? Well, it's in interesting. In Alkaline hydrolysis is so gentle okay. that I do once in a while find the little small microchips. Um, and and uh, so so that's how gentle it is. Um, let's see. I've sent a lot of seeds, you know, peach seeds, you know, that pets eat and they don't get past. Um, the, oh, I wish I had a. I should have I should have got one and shown you on video or maybe I'll, I'll text you guys a photo. I um, over the years, you know, I mean, a lot when I, especially when I was working with veterinarian hospitals, a lot of their pets would be scatter at sea, what we call communal or group, mm -hmm. and we would do them together. And then so there, I would find um, all the metal comes out perfectly clean, you know, and looks like brand new. So I've kind of saved it in case somebody ever wants it, you know, Hey, there's a vet hospital and, you know, or orthopedic place or something Aww. like that. So, um, obviously we give it back to families on pets that they're getting their, their ashes back. We give them their, you know, all the, all the, you know, um, what do you call them? Like the plates and that. Yeah. Like the yeah. same thing we would do with yeah, one yeah. hardware yeah, well, with so a pacemaker implants. And as you guys, so the only one in all the years, I guess, I guess it is a thing, but not super common. Um, and I, you know, they told me pet pacemaker came out shiny, like brand new, didn't blow up, you know, as you guys know, in flame, you got to get that out of there, you know, or, you know, could be a little bit messy, yes, you know, and that's ball stood there and said, and boom. Oh, great. Family told me there is no pacemaker. Mm -hmm. Nobody, you know, and, yeah. Um, and so, um, 
you know, so that was kind of interesting. So, and. And just for, for anybody that's listening to this, what we're in case we, none of us have clearly, so pacemakers are very bad inside fire. They go, they do go boom. Um, they're very fun to remove. <laughs> I really enjoy taking them out. I don't you know, know if that's interesting how they are. Yeah, thing for me, but that's why. Yeah, it's so fascinating. But yeah, so please, anyone listening to this, this is very important. If your loved ones are going to be cremated and they ask if there is a pacemaker, this is a very, we're not just asking for our health. We're asking for the health of the retort. Please, dear God, be sure to answer that question. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> honestly and if you don't know, find out. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about um, aftercare. If you want to expand a little bit on like, you know, the aftercare, I, like telling people about the vet hospital because kind of just as a like and again I can edit this out some of the backstory to this is just that you know I think we've both had so many of our friends ask us like our pets you know my pet's dying I don't know what to do and then they'll go to the vet and then they just like leave their animal there and then later they didn't realize that they could take their pet home or like people at the vet's office think that they're not supposed to take their pet home like when Murray died like I like was very you know I mean I was a complete and utter mess, but was just very like, I'm taking my pet, I'm taking him home. He's not staying here. But I know other people like my husband, um, when Fardo died, the vet didn't want to give him and they weren't being mean, but they didn't want to give him back. Like they were just like, Oh, no, 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 you don't take we we cremate it. You know, they were just like, Nope, he stays here. And then we take care of it. You don't have to see this. So uh, so, yeah, your, your pet's aftercare, you know, is, is, is your decision. Um, you know, and we've always tried that. That's kind of like how we opened up our facility because, you know, we have the aquamation facility, but then we also have a pet memorial center, you know, that we have several urns and jewelry and glass pieces, just like, you know, mortuary. It's, you know, all very similar to that. Um, and we just want people to know that, you don't have to have the vet hospital because my experience with the vet hospital is usually they have somebody, you know, not, not the doctor or not a vital tech sit there and well, what do you want? Cause I found, I found myself saying, okay, Hey, I want that clay paw print. I want this. A lot of people have come to us and said, you know, I didn't get my ashes back because somebody checked the mark wrong box. Mm. I didn't know you could get a paw print. I didn't know that they had all this stuff. Cause they usually just get, you know, a receptionist mm-hmm. or somebody, you know, kind of a quick checklist, you know? Um, and that's kind of when we started that, this, that was our ultimate goal is to have a place that people could bring their pet. We could pick up for them at the clinic and they could come in, you know, get, you know, see where their pet's going, see who's going to be doing the work and, you know, look at all the items available, you know, um, not just, you know, okay. You know, paw print. I mean, it was, I don't know, just, I think we've really elevated, you know, I don't want to act like I'm, you know, bragging, but we really, most credit goes to Deanna on this because, you know, most of the places that the crematories would literally give you your urn and they would cellophane the clay paw print. And that's what you'd get back at the hospital. Well, um, you know, we put ours in a nice package and a bag and, you know, it's discreet, but it has everything. And when, I mean, we had vet hospitals calling us because they saw it and said, oh, my God, you know, these people care, you know. And um, and I think it was just, you know, how we would want it. And that's how we did it. And, you know, now now a lot of them are doing it that way. But I had, you know, clinics tell me, you know, yeah, your package, we give it out, you know, and people go home and cry, you know, as before they just saw this urn right in their face, you know, and boom, you know. 
so yeah i i really love you know i have all of all of uh murray's stuff it sits next to my bed his his urn is next to my bed his the little booklet with his paw print and the poem is on will's side of the bed and then the little bag with like the little you know you took the little clippings of his fur yeah that is sitting in still in the we put, i took one of his old his his old little um catnip toy i put the catnip toy in that with it okay. and then that's next to his remains but yeah that's a good idea really yeah and and I mean, going back to i i know i kind of got off center but i just we just wanted people to know that they don't have to use their pet hospital they they can take their pet to me to anybody that they feel comfortable with and you know um, we've even had people take their pet from their vet hospital home mm-hmm. for the night and almost have like a little you know ceremony you know and, and kind of come to terms and uh, you know some vet hospitals tell them they can't do that and there's no law saying that a vet veterinarian has to be the one to do after yeah and i'm sure they would love it yeah. to have that you know but um but no that's um you know, you can bring your pet home, you know, I know burying is, is illegal technically in California, but people still do it. You know, I've had people tell me that they've done it. So I think it's really important to just reiterate again, in case anybody that's going to listen to this misses that, that there's, you know, the same thing with humans. It's the same thing with pets, you know, like I know Deanna, we were talking in an email that pets are considered property and so are humans after they die. Cause I've had to go to probate court to get a couple of people back, <laughs> um, which was not fun, but yeah. And you can't drive in the carpool lane with a deceased that's right. person. They, I know that. <laughs> I've heard people try to get away with that and it hasn't worked. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> they are no, you are no longer human. You are a piece no. of property, but, but in a, in a pot, in a positive light on that, you're, pet is your property. It's not the vets. They're not supposed to keep it. If they tell you that you cannot take your pet home, they are incorrect. You're you lying. can take your pet home if you want to. And yeah, I, I just think that here or you can mm-hmm. anywhere you feel comfortable, you know, and so I took my cat home. I, I, you know, I have, a, I posted a couple of pictures recently on my Instagram. I have the pictures that Deanna mm-hmm. just recently sent me of him at your facility, but we took him home and we put him, Will and I put him in between us and we slept next to my cat's dead body for the night. There's really no other way to say it other than he had one last curl up next to us. We slept next mm-hmm. to him. I, you know, like wiped him and like had him all curled up. And then we sat there all morning with him. We cried our eyes out. We went outside. Yeah. We just like, just but it sobbed. Helped with danger, you know? Yeah. yeah, it really did because it just, it was such a sudden, he just, he died so suddenly. And I felt like we just had no control over that situation. And I didn't get to say goodbye the way I wanted to, which is life. You know, none of us get to say goodbye the way we want to, but at the very least I can let go of his physical sweet, you know, he was born in my closet. He was my baby. Like I've literally, yeah, I held him. Yeah. You saw him from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it was, that was really hard. That was my first time losing a pet that I'd had from literally from the beginning to the end. And I, I like, I'm just such a huge advocate for people taking their pet home. And even if you don't feel comfortable, you don't just sleep next to your cat's dead body. I understand that not everybody is like that death positive, but yeah, you know, like, and, you know, in our facility, we created a space that, you know, sometimes people um, pick up their pet from the vet hospital, they bring them here and then we can open up and, yeah. you know, after we do all the business and you know, they, then we give them time to, you know, sit with their pet, you know, in, in peace and say goodbye. And, you know, so we've, 
created a little space here to do that too. Yeah, you were so nice. I remember I was ready at some point to say goodbye, but Will wasn't and you let us stay. Probably not that you want me to tell everybody we stayed well past your closing time, but it was, you know. <laughs> well, and I understand the nature of my business, you know, and you guys too, you being in the business mm -hmm. sometimes, you, you know, you tell your significant other, okay, I'll be home at five and it's at 10 o'clock yeah. at night and you're going, okay, I'm just leaving and they're mad and you know, it's, yeah. it's, um, funeral service I, doesn't get the, I don't think the respect, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a hard life, you know, yeah. not only for the, the employees or us, you know, the, 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 the people doing the work, but for our, our spouses and kids and, you know, our pets. Yeah. So, so. Melissa, were you gonna, I feel like I saw you doing the hand wave. Oh yeah. So you may choose to cut this out, but um, it's been my understanding in pet death care, it's sometimes set up a little bit manipulatively like human death care. So like these vet clinics may have a partnership with a conglomerate or a big corporation that just does flame and that's all they do and that's their jam and it's wrapped into this, this euthanasia package that there's your choices. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's so vital that people know that they can take their animal home, if anything, to get it out of that situation. Um, thoughts? Do you all have those big problems, uh, Brian, where you're at? I knew it was a big yeah, problem you in know, Washington. Yeah, you, you kind of opened up a, a different subject almost. But going back to my experience on uh, the people side, when I started doing that back in like 1990, um, of course, I worked for a family place, which I was really fortunate, you know, um, to, to, you know, start that way. And but then, you, of course, you guys know, then it became, you know, SEI and Lowen Group and Stewart and, and I mean, all these corporations and they were buying everybody out. So fast forward, I opened, you know, our place in 2015 and, you know, I'm competing against other family businesses. Well, in the last probably four or five years, there's a big corporation out of Canada and one that was in Baltimore, and they started buying all of the places. So there's a lot of my competitors that are corporate owned now. And, um, you know, they've even approached me. And, you know, they, you know, I don't think they, you know, they don't understand the business like we do, you know, they're not open on weekends, you know, they're only open nine to four. I mean, you know, that's kind of bankers hours. And, um, but yeah, going, you know, you're saying a corporate, they have also kind of, you know, they're going to get in with, you know, Banfield, they're going to get in with VCA. Um, mm -hmm. There's a couple, um, there's a couple other, you know, bigger, you know, corporations that are buying, you know, the mom and pop vet hospitals, and they make a decision and, you know, they get a cheap price, and they mark it up. And so, so a lot of people don't even know that, you know, vet hospital makes a profit on the cremation of your pet, you know, it's not like all that money's coming to me, you know what I mean? And I don't really, I, I think I, I, I helped two vet hospitals out, you know, real small ones. Um, I kind of moved away from that. I tried it, you know, when we were starting and I didn't like it, you know, because what happens is I do good work for somewhere, someplace, they, they, they get a cheaper offer and that's that, you know, or they get bought out yeah. by a corporation and I get kicked out, you know, and, and, um, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of people think that, you know, okay, you're paying $300 and it's all going to the crematory. It's probably a third of that is going to the crematory. You know, they, they, yeah. they give a volume. It is just yeah. vital for people to know that they can do this, even if it's not offered to them, because like for our pets, 
you could get this for your people too, just because it's not on the menu. That means you need to go find the progressive place that is offering it. And what I'm scared of for these smaller businesses like yourself, Brian, is these big conglomerates coming in there, locking in these vet clinics where that's all that's being offered and families go in blindly thinking the vet has my best interests at heart. They're going to, of course, be educated on this. Their their education is not in death. Their education is yeah. in trying to keep your pet alive. So we have to do everything we can on our end. Again, here we are. No, we've ah. been, been <laughs> You that. have um, rights. You know, that's, you know, we always tell people that call, you know, and, and um, you know, we, we uh, yeah, up until about COVID hit, we were, we participated in a lot of pet, you know, expos and events. And people would come up all the time. Well, you have a sad booth. And I go, yeah, I, you're right. You know, and, and I go, but I want you to be aware that, you know, your pets, unfortunately, they don't live as long as we like. And, you know, you're probably going to be saying goodbye to a multitude of pets in your lifetime. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I have. And, um, and I want you to be, you know, you love them so much in life. Don't just let them go and not even know, you know, a lot of the pet clinics won't even tell their clients where their pet is going. Because the crematory does not want to deal with the public. Mm-hmm. So they, right. I get people all the time, hey, do you contract with this hospital? Is, is you know, buddy there with you? And I'm like, no, no, I don't, I don't do work with that. You know? Ugh, so. That's why I feel like, I mean, I think that we feel like a plug for our own podcast. I feel that each of these episodes will be very important. But I'm very excited about this one in particular because it's just... So many of my friends that like their pets die and they're just like, I don't know, the vet just said to to leave them there, I guess. You know, I'm like, what? What? No, go back and get your pet. Don't leave them there. You know, I'm like, I mean, my aunt, like years later, she like after I forget, I mean, it was some point yeah. when I was in the funeral industry, but like she was like, I feel so sad about leaving Oliver at the vet. I still think about him now. Like she at the time, like couldn't emotionally deal with taking his remains back. So he was just like scattered with other pets. And she really regrets that now. I mean, I think she like, she feels good. She brought Matilda home when Matilda was a beagle or bagel because she was a beagle and a basset. But, you know, like that's why (laughs) having these kinds of conversations are so important because it's like, I just don't, it's, I don't, I feel bad. I mean, like we all have regrets, but it's, it's, hurts to think that people will live with that, you know, thinking like my baby, I left my, my little, you know, baby at the vet and didn't come go back for him. Yeah. I hear that a lot or they didn't get everything they wanted, you know, or, or it was a mix up, like I said earlier, you know, they were supposed to get ashes back, but somebody checked the wrong box or put the wrong color tag on and, you know, and, and and it it gets so cutthroat out there. We've even experienced clinics that use different crematories. (laughs) They use like two different crematories because some are cheaper on, you know, bigger pets than the other, or some are cheaper on smaller, some are cheaper on the communals, you know, and so that opens up, you know, what if you cross tags, you know, and I mean, it's just. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 no, that's very, um, that's upsetting. Do you, do you do out, so do you do outreach with vets to at least say like, Hey, like, could you, if people ask, could you send them our way? Or do you feel like at this point? Yeah. yeah you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes vet hospitals, I mean, um, you know, um, they're not all bad. You know, I don't want to, I hope people don't get yeah, it wrong. No, I, I think people but, know we're not saying that. I mean, cause I, yeah. yeah. No, no. Um, uh, you know, sometimes, um, families come call me and say, Hey, well, you know, my, my vet hospital only offers flame. I I've heard of aquamation. So they, 
they told me, yeah, there's, you know, there's a place in Orange and they give them my name. You know, we'll recommend us if, if a family isn't comfortable using their provider. Interestingly enough, I've had, I've had uh, employees of vet hospitals use me, you know, and I don't do work at their hospital. Yeah. I don't service their hospital, let's say, you know, and so, um, so that's kind of interesting. You know, some of them seek out, you know, the more, the smaller mom and pop, you know, um, you know, not factory style, you know, um, 24 hour burn places, right. you know, so there's a few of us like that. How many other people in your, or is anybody else doing alkaline hydrolysis in your area at this point? Or is it just you? And then isn't there someone up here in Pacific? No, there was a couple more operators, you know, um, uh, there was a big, there's a big flame operator that has been around since the nineties. And, um, when I, when I came on the scene, I think I scared them. So they started, you know, offering it too. Although I never want to get big on their level and do things like they do, you know, um, you know, like I said, we prefer, you know, almost like the mortuary where people come in, we establish a relationship, you know, um, and I just don't want to be a factory like that. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, just, I, was, I just went to a, a vet hospital and there was a big factory, you know, sprinter van, you know, from one of the crematories and they left the door wide open and we're yeah. in the back where nobody can see us. And so I, w I peeked my head in and I mean, they literally had laundry carts, about a half a dozen of them just packed full Ugh. of pets, bags of pets. And I just went, well, I'm here, I'm here to get one right. single pet, you know, and they're, you know. Ugh. That comment reminded me of a situation that happened outside of Dallas, Texas with a place that sold out to a corporation that started taking on all these vet clients. I heard about and yeah, where the people were going there and having to go through the bags to find their yeah. decomposing animals to take them to another facility. Yeah. The lady that started this company is still somehow involved in PLPA. But yeah. So again, <laughs> being educated before you walk, go to the vet Will you so, tell people so what PLPA is? Pet Loss Professionals okay. Association. It's kind of like National Funeral Directors mm. Association, where you have some peoples and some rules and some fees. Um, sometimes they they are very beneficial in providing uh, information for pet businesses. Um, I haven't had too much interaction with them. I just know that somebody's still involved with that organization that allowed something like this to happen. And it's just like, it's horrible. Yeah. Brian, if PLPA or your friends tell us to yeah. cut this out. So. No, no, no. I, 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 you know, I don't know enough about them to really have opinion. Um, I called them yeah. when I first started, you know, and basically it was like you say, you pay your fees and you get to use their, you know, logo. Um, and they said, well, then you have to take an oath that you'll treat the pets, you know, you know, you know, fairly and, you know, with respect. And I go, well, if I have to take an oath, I shouldn't even be in this business. I'm doing it. It's an innate thing with me, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like mortuary people, mm -hmm. you know, if you have somebody as an embalmer, you know, that's, you know, you have to tell that to, you know, they're probably in the wrong profession, you know. Yes. That's so. why I stopped working at the place that I referenced earlier because yeah. I was like, they were talking. <laughs> Maybe I'll just cut all that out. They were talking ill about yeah. the dead there and making fun of their names and doing other things that are horrifically unethical. And I was like, this is one of the biggest yeah. mortuaries in Los Angeles. I cannot believe that 
they're getting away with this. And of course, when I wrote them an email later, they're like, gee, well, we really wish that you had just said something sooner. I was like, oh, what? That you were going <laughs> to, you really wish that the apprentice and bomber who could do one body a day poorly, you were going to choose me over the seven girls here that are making you money. Like, yeah, I think we all know how this was going to turn out for me. So I just. And see, that's kind of, kind of almost like my competition. You know, I'm, I'm more like, you know, Hey, I'd rather embalm two a day correctly and efficiently than do, you know, eight or nine a day half ass. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that, I think that that's what happens when you, when you start treating death, like an assembly line is that people just, they, they were desensitized. Like those girls had no reverence for the dead. They did not care. I remember a dad whose baby died and he wanted to come in and dress the baby. And it was like said with a huff and an eye roll. They're just like, ugh. Oh, we have to make room for him to come up. And like we had a woman who was Mormon and she had one of her, you know, one of the women came and address her and they were annoyed about that. And I was like, geez, I'm I'm so sorry that someone's the the worst, not the worst thing. I mean, could be the worst thing. I just wanted to be really sensitive of people's grief when I said that, you know, that could be just that this is an inconvenience for it's like, how do you work in a mortuary and you're inconvenienced by death? Don't get another job. My God. Yeah. 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 No kidding. Kind of like working at have we all universally had that experience um okay so i feel like i was taking us off track um so we'll let's circle to the last thing which is just and i think uh, this has been peppered throughout the whole conversation but just encouraging people as a society to recognize losing a pet is is actually you know a huge loss because they are part of the family and i think that that's starting to happen more now but um i do think I, I feel that my opinion is that, like, I hope that this part of our conversation just tells people that, you know, you have permission to cry. You have permission to be sad. Like, this is. Yeah, crying's encouraged here. I think it's healthy, you know, if you don't. I mean, you can't keep it bottled up. And, yeah, I think what you just said is, um, is uh, right. I mean, even when I was growing up, and Deanna, too, you know, we had pets and, you know, with dogs, and they were always in the backyard. They slept outside, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's just how society was. It wasn't a big deal. All our neighbors were like that. And the dog came in special mm-hmm. treat when it rained or something um, to nowadays, you know, our dogs sleep in bed with us, you know, and you know, they have free run of the house. And if people come over and visit and they don't like that, well, then yeah. they can leave, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, um, I think, um, you know, pets aren't viewed as just pets they are viewed as another member of the family. Many times I hear, it's the best member of the family because, um, you know, they, they don't, you know, all they give you is love and good things. They don't borrow money. They don't argue. They don't, they don't criticize you, you know, and uh, yeah, we could learn a lot from our pets. You know, if I think if uh, society was more pet, like we might be a little calmer. You know? I agree. Yeah. A little less uh, angry, you know, yeah. be, um, when it's funny, I heard something on the radio that really hit me. Um, remember last year or earlier this year when Bob Saget died, I was listening to somebody talk about him, one of his friends on a radio interview. And he said, he goes, he was the most dog-like person I ever knew. And this guy kind of said, wow, what, what kind of compliment is that? And I said, damn, I wish somebody <laughs> says that about me when I go, you know? To me, that's the best compliment you could be paid. You know? Someone made a joke about Owen Wilson, and it was a similar thing. And Owen Wilson said the same thing. He's like, that's like, I don't know how this is a dig. That's the funniest thing ever. But it was like that Owen Wilson has like the charm of a wet golden retriever sitting by the fire. And I was like, <laughs> I would love to be described that way. 
Yeah, no, 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 that, that is a huge yeah. compliment. So. It was like, oh, the cutest dog ever sitting yeah. by the fire. Yeah. And so, yeah, people are realizing. And um, what surprised me is, is it's not just a dog and cat world out there. Um, you know, um, those are, you know, the primary pets. But I mean, we have people that, you know, are really into guinea pigs or, or reptiles, and they form the same bond that we do with our dogs and our cats, or, or like I said earlier, the chicken, you know, reference mm-hmm. I had, and, um, or, or a goldfish, you know, we've had, we had the first time uh, somebody brought in a goldfish, it was like a ping pong ball, carnival one goldfish that lived like five or eight years or whatever oh it God. was, and so they had a bond, you know, and they brought it in, they really wanted Ashley, I think that's on our, our it was through our a t- a pet taxidermist that we work with that she brought it in, and, um, and I, what am I going to do with this? And I did it by hand and she put it on Instagram. And the next day people are calling me, Hey, how did you do that? You know? And I'm like, how did I do what? You know, I didn't even really, wasn't even special to me. I just wanted to give the family something right. back, you know? And so I was glad I could do that. Oh, you know? So that's so sweet. So, you know, people get attached to all shapes and sizes of pets. You know? Yeah. I love it. I hope yeah. that, I hope that this is a positive thing for us moving forward. And I think, you know, we'll maybe see more of that because of everybody being forced to be at home from COVID. You know, I think I certainly my I have a new, you know, took a year to get another cat, but my new cat is Dennis. And I hope that you don't see him for a very long time because I, we love him dearly. We at least 20 years. Yes. Yeah. Dennis is the love of our life, but Dennis definitely does not understand when we leave now because we got him September of 2019. So he was like kind of, you know, he had like a couple months settling in and then COVID hit and he was just like, I guess it's like this all the time. We just hang out. We sit around. I snuggle with you guys. And now when we leave, he's like, what is going on? Um, so I hope that for other people that they've had a better chance to like really bond with their pets and that, um, you know, that that we grow and we become better, healthier people. <laughs> well, it's just, it never, like you were saying earlier, that's, you know, pets. Yeah, I, we had a girl today her, her uh, you know, longtime bearded dragon passed away. And she was telling me that when he was young, she put him in her pocket and flew to Italy. Whoa. <laughs> so you're going through like three airports to get to Italy and no one ever found him and got him back. And he traveled in. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I want to be a you know, bearded dragon in Italy, you know. so That is impressive. So people, it's, it is. And it's, you know, we hear these stories and we're like, we think we're crazy sometimes about how we treat our pets and what we do and let them do and, you know, cooking for them and all that. But then I, I get a lot of feedback from people and I'm like, wow, you're really might be crazy. <laughs> We're all a little crazy, but that's why these stories yeah. are important. Cause I feel like it gives, gives the other, it gives other people who, you know, like people that want to have the permission or feel that they somehow need permission to like bring their pets back home or can I grieve over my bearded dragon? Can I grieve over my fish? It's like, yes, you have the right, the permission, the whatever you want to call it to, to grieve, you know, even if it's grieving for just like the loss of a small life or a connection with that animal, it's just so good for people to know that, uh, you know, you can cry and be sad and it's, it's okay. I just think that we've all like grown up just thinking that we're, supposed to be stoic and like you're rewarded for bad things happening and then going back to work and it's just like god no let's please please let's stop that that's just so detrimental to society so is there anything else during this um that melissa and i didn't ask you or something that sort of came up now that you're just like ooh, ooh, one more thing i want to add 
no, that'll probably happen, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> Nothing, I think you guys have been, you know, pretty thorough and, and we've covered a lot of things. Um, you know, people are always welcome to call me if they have specific questions or, you know, they watch a YouTube video and they want to know more or something like that. And, um, you know, my thing is, um, coming from the same background as you guys, is I, I'm more impressed how gentle the process is on the pets than flame. Um, and I, you know, it, it, of course, is a green process. I have no greenhouse gases, you know, no, no mercury. Um, you know, I use, you know, um, 80% less power, you know, so that's super positive. And, you know, the, and then, you know, they talk about circle of life. I mean, I can use the affluent to create life, you know, um, or save life at the firefighting thing. Yeah. And, uh, um, well, I thought I kind of lost my train of thought, but I was just saying, you know, you, you, like, just want people to know they can always reach out, you know, call yeah. us. People, we have people even come into our facility before their pet passes and they want to look around and see, um, you know, where their pet's going. And so I just want to encourage people to, to take a proactive, um, you know, uh, stance on their, with their pet's aftercare. I mean, you love this pet like it was your family and sometimes more than your family. Yeah. Um, don't just let them, you know, throw it in a bag in the freezer at your veterinarian's office and you, you having no idea where your pet's even going. You know, be proactive, um, whether it's me or anybody else. You know, I, I always encourage people to call, look at, you know, different, you know, facilities, different processes and do what's right for you and your pet. So. Yeah. And I, I feel like I feel like each of us have been really sensitive and not said any like personal opinions on like fire versus like water cremation in any sort of harsh way. Cause I do very much adhere to like, don't want to yuck anybody's yum. I don't, I don't want to make anybody feel bad for past choices that you didn't have access to, or maybe you live in a place where you only have access to fire cremation. And then I'm like, why, you know, so, uh, no, I've had, a, I've had my, uh, we've had three or four pets cremated before we opened yeah. up. Yeah. We were the first uh, aquamation facility in Orange County. So, you know, there was there wasn't that option before us. Yeah. So, so I think sorry, Dennis is now uh, he's taking he's well he's <laughs> taking this moment time. to sit on he's like he's not allowed to sit on the kitchen table, but I am letting him sit on the kitchen table right now. And now he's rubbing his head on the microphone. Um, <laughs> I knew it. I love you so much. Um, yeah, I think that 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 I, I I know that water cremation. I know for for Murray, I felt, I felt calmer and I felt better about it. But, um, just as a reminder, anybody listening, whatever you choose is, is, um, whatever you choose that's right for you is what's right for you. We are just passionate about knowing having, well, we know <laughs> we are passionate about you knowing that you have a choice and knowing your options and knowing that there are people that um, are here for you. And I, you know, I always tell people that they can message me anytime they want at, um, I'm, I'm Amber at Mortician in the Kitchen and Melissa, you are Melissa. Yours is at the underscore modern underscore mortician. And then Brian, where can people find you if they have questions? Um, they can go to our website, pauseaquamation.com. They can uh, send us an email, information at pauseaquamation.com. They can call us, you know, on our phone number, which is on our website. So any, any, and, those way they can come in and see us. Yeah. You know? And you're also on the Instagram. We're in the city of Orange in Orange County, you know, freeway close. We're right near Anaheim, near Disneyland. Yeah. Everybody so. knows where Disneyland is. Not very, and 
Yeah, that's. I, and I drove from Los Angeles. I'm I'm up here in in LA, and I you know we took we took a drive down at night. wasn't didn't wasn't that much traffic. It was fine. It was easy on the the peace of mind um, you know that I have. And then you know my friend Amy's cat died shortly after mine, and, and for me to to have us you know send OG somewhere really good too. We felt we could trust, especially just all being funeral people, you know, because again, like we were saying earlier, none of us were trying to say anything bad about vets. Um, I certainly am not saying anything bad about the funeral industry. There are always people that sometimes make incorrect, um, what sort of like incorrect uh, assertions or advice based on their own misinformation. You know, they just don't know. And um, that happens in the funeral industry too. And so it was a huge concern to find someone that I knew was going to take really good care of my child that's how I felt about Murray that he was my baby so um for anyone listening you know sorry Dennis is now getting more aggressive with the headbutts um so so yeah okay so with that I think I think Dennis is telling me that it is probably time to be fed um so we will we'll, we'll sign off um and thank you to everyone for listening to this and now someone is going to have to get off the kitchen table up here so <laughs> <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs>